0: Vinyl analysis is fueled by Grand Prix karting.
1: This week on Vinyl Analysis from Lost Weekend Records, Kyle Seagress joins us in the studio to talk Rush Moving Pictures.
2: My freshman year of high school was exactly Freaks and Geeks, the TV show. Yeah. That's 79, 80, 81. That's like the tail end of when classic rock ruled the earth. When that came out, it was the right record at the right time. <laughs>
1: This is vinyl analysis. I am your host Arch Madness along with me, like he is on every single episode, he is the tour to my snow dog. <laughs> producer Greg Hansberry. What's Yo, up, brother? What's up? Yeah, I had to do a little yeah. Rush reference, That's right? Good. That's good. And, and joining us here today uh, from Lost Weekend Records, uh, Kyle Segrist. What's up? Well, Kyle, how are you, are you doing? man? Thanks for having. me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. And and uh this is this is good stuff, Greg. So Kyle said he goes, you know, I've I've been listening to some of your episodes and and stuff. So he goes, he goes but I really want to. I want to get into Rush. I want to talk about Rush. <laughs> I, to I just do But I, uh, That is. I really. Uh, I appreciate your enthusiasm, Kyle. But <laughs> we'll see how it goes, man. Because you're a guy that we've been wanting to get on here. There's so many different things we want to talk about. And and what a what a battler. I mean, this dude is sick. He's wow, not feeling good, man. You've never had He's a guy on the radio sick. Well, I, well, you'd be surprised. <laughs> you'd be surprised how I wimp out. Cold man. flu season. I'm not dead yet. Thank you so much, Kyle, for for coming in. Thanks for having me. Uh, This uh, first segment is something we like to call What's on Your Table. Mm. What's on your table? Producer Greg, (laughs) producer Greg, (laughs) what do do you got for us, man?
0: I'm actually really excited about today's uh, What's on My Table. Uh Uh-huh. 1982 neil young trans wow look this at is, you is look, like, you're
1: just trying to impress uh, kyle i just want to press the record you're store just, geek you're just trying to impress this kyle. is his like 80s uh
0: right
1: man
2: that's a record i hated digital times, stuff i love it now
0: exactly and i and i don't know much about it and maybe you do but that's what i got at first it was not uh received very well uh but now it can hang with some of the cool stuff out there cool some man of the, nils lofgren that Lof was punk. the beginning
2: of his you know, every record was crazy. Did yeah. that record? Then did the country record? Right. Then did a Shocking Pink's
0: record. You know, he was everybody's uh, rocking or whatever. But because his kids
2: have cerebral palsy, he was trying to get into more computers and how they communicate. You know, that's why it's got the vocoder. Ah, uh, yeah. So it's
0: all vocoder. Yeah. Awesome. He, he covers himself with Mr. Soul, but the the right. killer track on there is yes, uh, "Sample and Hold." I mean, it sounds like it could be on Daft Peter Punk Age. record right now. Yeah. Yes.
1: What What year is this again? Eighty two. Okay. Cool. When yeah, I was a young kid in high school,
2: listening to QFM, I hated trains because I wanted right. You to be Neil, and they used to run an HBO live show from that tour called Neil in Berlin. Yeah. And he had the vote quarter in front, he, he had you know, the Madonna I'm like, microphone. I'm like, what are you doing? But now I think it's awesome.
0: Because Neil is Neil. He does what he wants. And he still has some actual, uh, some killer guitar tone on this record. He's still got that grungy Neil. Right, uh, right. Anyway, that's it's, great, it's a fun man. listen to. It's, that's, it's what a deep what cut. A, what a, what a,
1: that's a real deep cut. And that's awesome you brought that in. I know you're trying. Mine's not as, uh, <laughs> I don't go as deep <laughs> as you do. But I, I'm going to go a couple different ways here. I was just saying, so, props? You guys brought in so, records you're listening so, to. So, right, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I went with, what's on my table, uh, Screaming for Vengeance. I had some buddies uh, that went up to uh, Youngstown to see uh, Judas Priest a couple weeks ago, and uh, they, they, they informed me, yes, yes, Firepower, which is really, really, have you heard that, Kyle? Parts of it. Okay, it's really, really it's good. i been for the past couple of weeks. Fair so I think enough, they, it's uh, really, really good.
2: Underestimate how many people wanted that thing. So,
1: uh, yeah, and it's like... It's actually, it's like charting. It's like it's this is a real successful record and good for them, man. Uh, but my buddies told me that I missed out because they did do Bloodstone, which is one of my fav, 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 favorite favorite songs. And they did it. They pulled a lot of songs out that they haven't done in uh, in twenty, thirty years. And but they they started this tour. Well, I shouldn't say they started it. But they we had a big show in Ohio. For those of you that listen in Denmark. Uh, in Youngstown, and uh, we had some <laughs> buddies that went up there. What's oh, that? Yeah. We're
0: worldwide, man. man Absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all nervous. You got millions of listeners. Well, wow. yeah. hundreds? Yeah. hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of thousands. Hundreds. Uh. Jepka represents a hundred thousand listeners. Where,
1: would we ever figure out where that cat's from? Denmark. It is somewhere. It's somewhere. So, so check this out, guys. And Kyle, before we see, we'll, we'll get to it. I swear to God, we're going to get to Rush. We're going to get okay. to what's on your table. So here's the deal, guys. Uh, when you when you get older, and 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 Kyle, I, I see you have you have specs on and. I left my glasses, my my readers. I left my readers at home. You old okay? man. So I need the ones I like are at uh, Half Price Brooks. Half Price Books. Brooks. Brooks. So I go to Half Price Brooks, and <laughs> I get my I get my sprex, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna see what they have. I'm gonna see what yeah, they why have. Why not? They got Somebody some just dropped uh, dropped off a, a classic rock load. It's got to be a better way to say that, but that's exactly <laughs> what happened. Check this out, Kyle. So I found the Firm album. Right, Page, Rogers, Franklin, and Slade, Radio and out. it has a Buzzards Nest nice kind of hype sticker on it. Yeah, five ninety nine cool. at Buzzards Nest. You know Scott um, Carter works for me, right?
2: What's it? yeah? Oh yeah, Scott yeah. Scott is all about the hype stickers lately. That's his thing now. Scott owns like every record, and now he's trying to find all the records in the original like different that, hype stickers. Okay. The Clash Combat Rock had four different hype stickers, one for each guy. He tracked them all now.
1: Now he's in Radio Tramps. Yeah. Right. And they're really, really cool. I, I like yeah. them. I've, I've uh, actually seen them from from a distance. And and Scott's a good dude, man. I was, I liked, uh, I liked a lot of the stuff he did with with Chuck Oney and those guys. I thought they had some great you stuff. On my record too that came out last year. Right on. You ever? Okay. We'll get Jesus. So much to get to. And you want to talk about Rush? Yeah. So here's uh, the this, this, <laughs> this, this, this sticker. We were talking about it today. It's like I wonder now. Now does Scott? Does he try and get them? Off or no, does he, no, no, keep no. he them likes on. to keep find them on? Okay, because a lot
2: of people ripped, like personally when I was growing up, I always tore them off. Okay, I get where he's coming from though, because when I was younger, I thought it ruined the album art. Okay, so I'd rip them off to be the way the artist wanted. Okay, but now it's a nice time capsule. Though. Sure, I mean, Fair there you got the budget sticker on there, you got the hype sticker. It, I kind of wanted and it's pretty good placement. The hype sticker, I think it's really, in a great spot. Cover anything,
1: yeah. But I kind of wanted to pull it off. I want to start. We were t- Dorsey who had, who appeared on our show, did the Pearl Jam record together. We, we, we were talking about if there's a way to lift these, because I put them all them. over my record player. I put stickers all over my record player, so I was I thinking they might be worth cut it off. Uh, I also got uh, Deep Purple, Perfect Strangers, and Rush, uh, A Farewell to Kings. So it's I was a good. Happy. Yeah, well, yeah, man, books. They were, and they were all like four or five bucks. So everything was. I was I was real excited with that. Now, Lost Weekend, weekend records. records. Kyle, there's a weekend in there. And there's a weekend in there. <laughs> so. What is on your table? What Now, I, you you strike me as a guy that would have just, uh, uh, it would change daily for you. Well, that is cute. But I, I, I listen to your show, I knew you were going to ask that question. Fair enough. And
2: f- for me, it's always tricky, because, you know, I'm in a store every day. I play records eight hours a day. Some days I go off work, I don't play records, because I'm playing records all day. Right. So I listen to a lot of current stuff, you know, like the new Ty Seagal and that uh, Courtney Barnett, uh, Kurt Vile record, stuff like that. Um, there's new Super Truck. I love the new Breeders record. But I grew up on classic rock, so I love all that stuff. Fair
1: enough, but you, you're talking about the Breeders, but t- tell us about the, uh, can I call that, a, is that a scarf? That's or is Kelly that... Deal scarf, yeah, a uh, scarf made
2: by Kelly Deal, of the Breeders. She sells them on her website. Cool, man. She's artist of all, I'm pro, very pro-Ohio. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're they, you
1: know, absolutely I, love the
2: Breeders. I've listened to some hip-hop, like Child Gambino, New Child called Quest, but uh, newer classic rock stuff, I mean, there's that Stones, uh, BBC recordings came out Christmas time, it was amazing.
1: How, uh, now you are a huge rolling stones fan That's and i really game. appreciate that we're we're doing rush because you're like you know what let's do rush i want to talk moving pictures that was big for me with qfm and that whole time frame and yeah, everything i grew up on the q when i was in yeah, high school 80,
2: 84 this was my station who was some of your who was some of your favorite dj's over over qfm i mean in, back when i was in high school was like pat and wags, was pat and the, wags. You know, chris wags was here for what like 20 years? 20,000 years 20,000 <laughs> years man for sure
1: he gave me my nickname he gave me archie oh really yeah yeah cool. i interned with wags and elliot that's cool. where I got my start in the in the mid '90s there,
2: but yeah, that was my station in high school. I mean, it was it was always QFM, and uh, back then, a lot of what you guys play now, you'd hear them. But you'd also hear different stuff like You're uh, telling me, like Men at Work or Duran Duran or Prince. <laughs> it's crazy. Heads, to think about know? that.
1: Yeah, think about the different things that Q's played over the years. I would say like mostly what you play now, you did play then. You just play a, right. a narrower. Now that's radio. That's radio, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. 2018.
2: Back then, the guys were actually putting records on. It wasn't mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. But uh, yes, yeah, so I picked the Rush era because I wanted to really hone into when I was young, listening to QFM. Plus, you've been in business a long time. You know, like, when I was in high school, I hadn't been behind the curtain yet. Right. You know, I, did, I wasn't in the business yet. I didn't play music. You know, I've been in the record business. I worked for two different record labels, RCA Records in Atlanta. I was a college up here for CBS Records, and uh, which became Sony here in Columbus. Spent eight years at record labels. I've been in record stores. I'm a musician. So when you're behind the curtain, everything's different. It's not bad. You just, right. It's different. So I wanted to kind of pick a record of like, what was this mystical or magical? And I don't know what they're doing. And you know, moving pictures is definitely
1: cool. It really was. Uh, so we're gonna st- do. Of course, as a musician, I still don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Isn't that the <laughs> truth? All Isn't players. that the truth? <laughs> you know, and, it, it, and there's it, only three of them. And I think I've I've used this line before. You know, everyone. You know, I'm gonna kind of reference Tom Sawyer, but because everyone always says Tom Sawyer, but. When you talk about like Deep Purple and, and when everyone picks up a, a guitar for the first time and they and they're trying to play "Smoke on the Water" and you get "Smoke on the Water" down, it's like, well, that's great. Now play the solo. <laughs>
0: you, you, <laughs> right, you know right, what I mean? Right.
1: And when you think of Rush and, and this record in particular, and this is the record we're going to be doing, uh, Rush's uh, "Moving Pictures" released February twelfth, nineteen eighty one. Um, now that's the first freshman the, year in high school. So, okay, because that's what I was going to ask you. Now I was hip to this, and I can remember going to the record stores with my sisters and stuff. And even I can remember seeing 2112, I can remember seeing these other records. Signals was the first one I bought with my own money. And I'm, I'm being straight up. But I I knew, I mean, you, you couldn't be, you know, you had to have heard Tom Sawyer. If just walk. I mean, this record was beyond huge. I mean, you have three three massive singles. Three massive singles. So And deep album cuts. Deep album cuts for sure.
2: For and me, it was the
1: first Rush record that I got.
2: When it was new.
1: Okay. Like I was. Because that's little... what I hear. That's, I mean, especially guys in our in our age bracket, it was that time. I mean, there there are some guys that may be 10 years older who were into the 2112 scene. Well, I, I was into that. So were was you the into first that? Now, this I was is...
2: anticipating and bought. Uh,
0: see, see, that's, that's new cool. Rush yeah. That's record. cool. That's cool. Like
2: I had some rush in my collection. Uh, probably was on junior high, like seventh or eighth grade. I joined the Columbia House, got my 11. Yeah,
0: Did, yeah, you, right. tape you tape your penny?
2: Did you tape your penny? My dad had to write a letter to them and tell them to stop and leave me I alone. Don't know if we we probably did set a penny back then. Okay, and uh, I got all cassettes. My first batch is most like all the Van Halens and ACDC. That a boy. That a I got boy. Kinks and I bought some Black Sabbath, you know that kind of stuff. But uh, not long after that, I because I'd have I'm the oldest in my family, my younger brother, but I had friends with older brothers, so I got turned on to like Hemispheres and
1: and uh, oh right, uh, man, just. Uh, well, Farewell Primer to Kings, Ways. I mean, just the, the list Primer goes
2: Kings, so I probably, before this record came out in mean, pictures, I had already owned, I probably bought 2112 first, then I bought The Archives, which was a repack of the first three records. First three,
1: right on. And I was a weird kid that actually liked Cress of Steel, I loved <laughs> people going bald. Dude, come on, shush! <laughs> you know? I, that's, you're not a Rush fan unless you love Cress of Steel. I mean, come on, that is... Right. I don't, And I think it was Taylor Hawkins from... Uh, from the Foo, Foo Fighters. Fighters, and he, he's like, look, that's not something you put on with your girlfriend, <laughs> right? But you, you, if no, you love it, of- that's,
2: that's that's Rush, man. I love that album. Right. So when this is coming out, we were ready for, or we. Right. I was ready for a new Rush record. Right. And of course, I can't remember, like, I don't, I didn't buy it a Day It came out pretty soon after it came out. I'm sure Tom Sawyer was getting airplayed. That was probably the first single, right? Yes, sir. So I knew that song. And then, of course, I mean... So many hits on there. There's so many hits. And, I mean, and Limelight was a single, Vital Signs, and then Red Barchetta and YYZ were pretty heavy rotation radio cuts. Oh, absolutely. I know QFM, QFM played it. You all damn the time right. QFM then.
1: played it. Absolutely, they played it. And and this was the record from everything you read and and, and see and hear. Uh, Neil Peart, he he says that. Do you say Peart or Peart? Because I said Peart for okay, like 40 I've years. Said pert for, i said Peart forever. But thank Pierre, you. It I is think Peart. It is Peart. Does that drive you fucking nuts? Y-Y-Z, you want to say Y-Y-Z from two? Wags used to give me a hard time about Zed. that shit. Well, I'm not Canadian. Right. I'm not either. <laughs> but have you been to Toronto's airport? No. I'm just, <laughs> I've been to Toronto once in the <laughs> right. 80s. Fair enough. <laughs> Looney. That's, that's Well, that's their thing. It's the Y Y Z. Anyway, you. I got you. But, but Neil, Neil said that this is when they became Rush. This, this this was when it was all cylinders moving, baby. This this, well, this is when this they went, went to the stratosphere. the stratosphere. They did. I mean, the first three records are cool. 2012 saved
2: them. Sure did. Uh, I How, what a ballsy Hamish, move, Kyle! What a ballsy the move. Not to before, interrupt, Permanent but... Waves with like Spirit Radio is leaning this direction.
1: Yes, it was but the precursor was to there,
2: what like, we're going to get. It feels like this is the record. Like let's go for the brass ring. We're going to put out the record and go, yeah, right. to the top of the charts. Which I was looking up before I came in here. It was a top three Billboard. It went top three, number three Billboard. Yeah, in America, number one in uh, Canada. My freshman year of high school was exactly Freaks and Geeks, the TV show. Yeah, That's seventy nine. 80, 81, it's that classic rock is still... It's not called classic rock, it's the main thing. But MTV's not in the picture yet. That came in, That came in the next year. So Rush is kind of the... Rush and, and who. And the who. who, yeah. That's like the tail end of when classic rock ruled the earth. And then when MTV came on the picture, it all changed. You mm-hmm. had all these, you know... Motley Crew. Video bands, hair bands. Settle down, boys. All the... Uh, Settle down. There's room for everybody. <laughs> there is. And I like everything. But I'm just saying it just seems like... Uh, I don't know what point is there, but I guess... When that came out, it was the right record at the right time. Yeah, now that makes sense. And it is, and
1: And it's it's absolutely loaded. It's absolutely loaded. So you brought up the three singles. So Tom Sawyer, Limelight, and Vital Signs. This also, and we we knew Neil was writing the lyrics, but this was on, this was my kids. I I, I tell them the Red Barchetta story. I mean, we we talk about that and where that came from. Limelight. I have a, I told you this before, Greg, I I have a, a young man who's taking guitar lessons. And we listen to Rush on the way to guitar lessons every day, and I tell him about Limelight, and he's kind of shy. And I say, "Look, man, listen to the lyrics. You know, yeah, it's, you, you can't it's pretend Neil a Keir's stranger. Story. Yeah, you can't That's pretend his autobiography a str- of one song. It is, it <laughs> is. You cannot pretend a stranger is a long-awaited friend. And I, and I just, this is just, this is iconic. QFM ninety six. You know, we say iconic rock. Nothing more iconic in the genre than Rush moving pictures. And, and Limelight, If you have you seen Rush live? I'm, I'm, I, and I know you have. This is a Three dumb, times. dumb question. Right but on. I saw him twice
2: on Grace Under Pressure. Okay. Uh, uh, in Cleveland, morning. Gary Moore opened. And here oh, in Columbus cool. with Fastway. Oh. And then I didn't see him again so the 30th anniversary tour. Okay. the Polaris. They did that super long that super, double yeah, set. Right on. at front row at that. Ah, right. oh, uh, Kyle, jelly. On the Alex side. Uh, but that was, yeah, I wish I'd seen him more but I just haven't. Um,
1: were you there do you do you, uh i went out on on the uh, stage with Wags and elliot and i touched neil's drums and almost got <laughs> our asses kicked got my yeah. ass kicked. Yeah, and i'm trying to remember what year it would have been been late 90s um i can't remember the it was uh i was a tad drunk and i and i went up and i t- and i did touch like i like vapor
2: went trails? down like yeah. after neil's comeback or before
0: or- it was uh it was before vapor trails is that test, test for Echo 96? No. Counterparts?
1: Yeah, it was Test for Echo, wasn't it? Didn't they do Polaris then? I think that was it. F-
0: it's funny you say that
1: because I never touched same his goddamn drum set. Up at Kyle the Rock and, and Roll was... Hall
0: of Fame, I stu- reached over the uh, velvet rope and touched his uh, his cymbal. He shouldn't be touching that stuff Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah, well, no. Well, come on, man. Great minds there, but... think alike. Well, yeah. yeah. Tad- tad- yours tad- t- t- is a tad me. more criminal. Off. Yeah, yours was a beep, tad, beep, tad more beep, criminal.
2: So I don't know. I would think almost touching his drums before a gig is more was, criminal. It, well, yeah, If they're in yeah. Hall of Fame, I think yeah, it's... Yeah, they're
0: dusty. You know,
2: <laughs> so, but lyrically, when I was a kid, it was about right. the, badass, the badassness of the musicianship. I love lyrics. I'm, I'm, Bob Dylan's my favorite people. But I'm, I'm more... I first get hooked in by the, the music and the sounds of the words and really what they're saying. So as a kid, I knew Neil Peart. I'm, I'm trying to correct myself. I, I, do it, I do it
1: every week when and, I talk uh, about Rush. I try. Neil. P. I
2: knew he was an amazing <laughs> lyricist. I didn't get all the Ayn Rand stuff. I wasn't aware of that stuff. And uh, but you listen to something you, like Limelight, that's telling his whole story right there. He's, it is. You know, he's got a he's a musician, he has to do this, he doesn't really want to be in that spotlight, but that's
1: occupational hazard. Lucky enough. And ironically, becomes yes, like sir. one of their biggest songs. Well, and and to hear that live, I, I
2: guess, guess my original Alex's point Alex's greatest
1: guitar song. Yes, yes, it uh. is. And I, I think he said it's his favorite. It is his favorite. And and honestly, I guess my point was the first time I saw Rush, uh, I've seen them, I've seen him four times. I got to go back say twice and and I'd always heard about the whole thing with Neil and everything. Come on with the limelight. I mean he's like No, 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 no. No. <laughs> no. And and Getty and Alex are amazing and they're so gregarious and it's 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 everything a Rush fan could want. But there's always in the back of your mind, it's like, what is Neil doing? You, you know, and it's just a, such a weird thing. Not on him, but on our part. I, I see what he's saying. If that's not his thing, and if he's, if he's not into that, I get well, it. Well, he's an artist. He's yes. creating his
2: art. And his art has you in front of millions of millions well, of Well, that's
1: people. what he said. He says as big of a Who fan as he was, he couldn't imagine waiting out of a hotel room for Keith Moon. <laughs> you know, he just that's, that's weird to him. And, and I get it. I get it, but we're... Different, different. I've met a lot
2: of my heroes, a lot of rock stars. I've never met a guy in rush, but... I like meeting famous people. It's I like learning from them. Neil's not one of those kind of people.
1: He's just not. That's not it.
2: Of the three, he's the one I want to meet the most. No doubt. I'd love to sit down and no talk to doubt. him about his motorcycles, his books. I've read all his books except his first one, the
1: bicycling book. And uh,
2: have you read any of his books? Oh yeah, and it's Joe just, just oh,
1: It's just such a. It, I feel so. I feel for him. You just feel for him with with the loss of of the of you know his the wife family, and his wife and daughter there in that short span of time. It was just it was a, such a, a dark time for them. And in the band, because you never knew—you never knew if they were you were going to get to see him again. I guess I'm going to rewind to my original point. The first time that I saw Rush, and when you hear Alex, more so than than Getty's vocals, Getty's bass, Neil's drums, when I heard Limelight, just that opening riff. I mean, it just—and it's still to this day. I mean, it almost brings tears to my eyes. It was just such—that was a moment. That was a top five live moment. The first time I saw Rush, and and the first time I heard Alex's guitar during Limelight, and it was early in the show. And they used to they, there was a lot of there was a couple tours there where they they led off with it, but uh, it, it's, it's still to this day bums me out. Are you sad that it's it's over? I mean, all, a lot of our heroes, Kyle, it. it's I mean, it's, Neil, it's it's done. Uh, it's over. It's over. It's over. As far as Rush is, concerned. he's t- he doesn't want
2: that limelight. No pun intended. Right. Physically, I mean, I love the Stones and Charlie Watts is amazing. He keeps going. It's not the same type of thing. Neil's a way more physical drummer. Yeah. You know, uh, that's that's got to be tough. And I think Alex has some arthritis stuff going on. He does. He he has that. Although you
1: watch the interviews, Getty doesn't want to stop yet. He I doesn't. think Getty still wants to. I, and, I th- and, I, and I think Getty will. I think Getty will do something. And he's had solo albums before. Alex I, had a solo record too, didn't he? What's when
0: that? You? Yeah, he, says he yes, he did. Alex did as well. We talked about Alex a couple of weeks ago, but what an underrated guitar player. Under, what? Yeah, Who he is. Underrate him? Well, he's underrated. He, so. is underrated yeah. so. he is underrated. He is underrated. He's underappreciated. I, underappreciated. I think, I mean, he if you're a fan man. of Rush, you Main like him, when but I he's up, not. Because when
2: I was growing up, it was always Alex, Jimmy Page, Eddie Van Halen. You'd have that argument. Or Jimi Hendrix. Those were the four when you were younger.
0: See, and maybe and, it's just, and, and maybe just people in my I've generation. stuff so no. much, but don't I don't i
1: never... No, he doesn't. I can't say
2: no, that I, any member of Rush is underrated. They're I, all hugely appreciated but musicians. You
0: listen to YYZ. Y- I mean, he sounds like Jeff Beck. I mean, that could be any 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 one of those guitar players. He could, But know, you know. and Prince above but, everybody. But, but, well, but, my okay. tops, you guys. But, but doesn't he sound like Jeff Beck on YYZ? Settle down.
1: Because <laughs> uh, we, we haven't even brought up Richie Blackmore. So just everybody just settle down with who's the greatest guitar Richie player. Richie Black was not in my top two. Okay, well, that's, that's, that's unfortunate. <laughs> so... But I, I think, and what Greg is saying, and and I agree. L- listen, man, when, when you go to the about. when you go drink when you go drink the troth of Rush, everybody knows it's Neil. And I think that I think l- let's face it: to a certain point, Kyle, Getty's bass playing gets overlooked and it's underappreciated. In 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 my I can see opinion, that more than Alex, personally, because I'm a guitar guy. I mean, Alex is my dude. For the exactly, day but rush. you get that. But but other people they don't. They don't appreciate Alex for what he is worth. I, I don't think so either. I don't think so either. I think yeah. Alex is super underappreciated, and he is such a, v- a vital part to, uh, to Rush. Ooh, but uh, I, yes, but I, but yeah, you're you're a musician, man. You you get it. But uh, you before
2: I played it. music when I was back in high school, and this was a new record, all three of them were equally yeah. badass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there weren't really any bands that had three equally badass players. Virtually. I mean, you got Cream way back, but when I was young and growing up, who else besides
1: Rush had that much talent across the board? No, you're right. If you were to pick a song off of this, this Kyle, what what would it be? Just at your you favorite. Know, you know, ironically, I probably
2: get the Limelight because it's just a perfect. It's right. perfect Rush song. Um, but I love all of it. To me, if you look at the album here. So side one is just complete hits. You got Tom Sawyer and Limelight. To me, Red Barchetta was a hit, even though it was not a single.
1: We played, we, we play we
2: play QFM, you're right, man. Played the and shit out of So really, the entire first side had tons of airplay and vital signs. And Camera Eye and Witch hunt were like the weird ones. As a kid. As a kid. But they're, they're both great. Probably Camera Eye's least favorite only because something would have to be least favorite. Sure. Me too. You pick Me too. A, yeah. And we
1: talked about this on your way in. That That is probably my least favorite. This is a perfect record. But I know this record so in and
2: out, like, because I've heard it so long my whole life every part like you can listen to yyz and it, like every part in your head you know what's coming up yeah you could sing along even though there's no words does that make sense because you know what's happening you know the yeah. whole thing that's it's rush just, just a- that's a-
1: rush vital signs as i've gotten older in the last i'd say 15 20 years vital signs has kind of uh, become my favorite always loved red barchetta for Whatever reason that was always one that, that was always, that I The times I've seen them live, that was always one of my favorite, yeah, lime songs. yeah. Limelight, though, it just lyrically, I thought that they were just on top of their game. It was such a you know, we've 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 already kind of beat it to death here, what Limelight and the lyrics and, and what that means to everybody, especially Rush fans. That's iconic in and of itself, but that second side, you're right, man, the camera eye witch hunt. Has witch hunt grown over you? Uh, grown on you over the years? I was like witch hunt as a kid. You did like kind of, witch hunt. You did it was like spooky witch hunt. and weird and that little talking in the beginning. Hunt. And yeah. so it's not cl- you know.
2: Um, I didn't know that camera, Rob is part of three. I mean, it's called Part Three of Fear, but the other parts came later, right? Yeah. Part two is like on. on a yeah, who's record? Yeah, on the next record or record after uh, either Signals, Grace Under Pressure, and then the so
1: Signal, yeah, and, and so then
2: Part One is like on. God, I would have to like, yeah or something. yeah. I'll have to admit, as a huge Rush fan in high school. Did you drop off with, the, totally with the synthesizer with well, the synthesizer and happened. shit? Did that piss you off like it did, Alex? <laughs> it didn't piss you off as much as when Jump Van Halen had a synthesizer. All right. <laughs> but, uh, I know. but You're telling that's me. A, that's another story for another day. But it's, for me, what happened are two things. As Rush got into synthesizers, I also discovered punk music and The Grateful Dead. So I was moving away from just that. Right. So I wasn't paying attention to those records. You know, like Presto and Roll the Bones and... Hold Your Fire. But I've gone back, especially records like Counterparts and Vapor Trails. that I Counterparts ignored, is... There's some great records.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Counterparts so, is a kick-ass record, man.
2: And I think it's cool that he did do the synthesizer thing. And I like I want anybody to experiment and progress. I don't want a band to do the same thing all the time. Okay. So I respect them. I'm glad they did that. It's probably more me. not It's it's not you, it's me with my leaving Rush for a while. Because I got in, like I said, Grateful Dead and Punk. Two different, very different things. I wasn't as into, like, the complexity and the playing like that, and I was just trying different things.
1: What turns you off more as a Rush fan? Synthesizer or on Roll the Bones, having having some rap infused into (laughs) your Rush?
2: Well... I have no problem with rap. I like a lot of stuff. I, I know that's but, why. I'm, that's I, now that I know that this Roll question the bones means even more. rap is not really good rap,
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't really feel right.
1: necessary. Right. It just seems kind of contrived. Like it uh, is very contrived. And and I and I'm a fan of that record, not that song in particular. But uh, I, Ghost of a Chance is, and I actually had a chance to talk to Alex Lifeson, <gasps> and it wasn't long. It was the tour after Roll the Bones, and I asked him. I said, Hey, is well, I get to hear ghost of a chance tonight. And he goes, Archie, you have a ghost, a of, ghost of a chance. And it was, <laughs> it was kind of funny at the time. So how many times have you that? met them? I, I met him twice and I interviewed Alex once on the air before a show. And then that was before I even got a chance to meet them. And 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 so it's cool at, at a uh, at a rush meet and greet, it's it's Alex and it's Getty. And I walk out and uh Getty has on an Ohio State shirt. Okay? And he looks at me and I had I had something Ohio State on as well, I think. I had something rush, of course. I think I had a twenty one twelve shirt, but I think I had a Buckeye hat on or something. And he goes, Oh yeah, he goes he goes, look here. He goes, yeah, you guys, you guys have a pretty good lacrosse team. <laughs> I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Was it just wasn't long after. They're yeah. all sports guys. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. And it wasn't long. I think this wasn't long after the 2001. This was after Tress won the, the national title. So there was a big buzz about yeah, when it yeah, came yeah, to yeah, Ohio yeah, State yeah. football. you know. And he was like, ah, oh, you guys have a pretty
2: good lacrosse team. He was like, what? They're all really funny. I mean, I never met them. Oh. I've watched a lot of interviews. They're, they're really funny guys. Even Neil Peart. When yeah, they appeared every time on the show. That's
0: that's awesome. Uh, Neil P.
2: He, they're all really funny.
1: Oh, oh my God, dude! And and I put on, I put this on my Facebook page, my Archie Facebook page before I went on. I, I put, hey, we're we're gonna be uh, a final analysis night. We're gonna be recording. We're gonna be talking about Rush's moving pictures. And I put the Trailer Park Boys, where where Ricky oh, yeah. where Ricky kidnaps Alex, right? And so they're in there, and and so they're in the they're in the trailer. And and he's got he's got Alex all tied up, but he's still got this guitar in right. his hand. And Julian comes in. And he goes, "Hey, look here! Look what I got for Bubbles!" And and so he's like, "I don't know." He goes, uh, "Play, I like to rock." And Alex is like, "That's April Wine." He goes, "I don't fucking care. Play that Diane Sawyer song." So Ricky and Julian are talking, and you can hear Alex like playing the guitar part, the Tom Sawyer, and it was oh
2: god. And Alex is I love on that same episode how. Uh... Bubbles asks them Without how to Bubbles, play closer to the heart or well that's great, but the other two, who are the guys that are always high five look at high five. Oh
1: yeah, Corey and
2: Trevor. They all would argue how Helix yeah, is the greatest Canadian man I'm like, how many sitcoms
1: <laughs> mention are... the Helix? I know. Man. And Russian, the same show, and, and and Bubbles is like, fuck that. I know how to spell rock. I don't want to spell Give me an R, give me an O. Fuck that. Oh, that's great, man. And that's the first Helix reference on this show. That is a Big-time moment for this program. <laughs> All right. All right. They have had to show
2: crazy resurgence, because you don't know, have a record store, and uh, you always think of Rush as being like a dude's band, right? But mm-hmm. in the past 10 years, I saw more chicks Rush records than, I've, than you'd imagine. Are you it's serious?
1: Crazy? Huh. Not Caress Steel, though. Here's the weirdest one. No, so don't. One day,
2: no, 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 no. So one day, I'm in my store. It's at Ohio State Home Game. Okay. Which are not the best days for retail. Okay. It's pretty slow <laughs> cricket, And you just get like Drunk people cricket. come in They touch stuff Oh you still make records da, da, da. <laughs> So it's like
0: this oh, that's right This so blonde true.
2: girl Like total like
0: Sorority <laughs> chick
2: Sorority chick looking blonde girl <laughs> With their dude They both got on their Ohio State shirts And their Buckeye necklaces You know Yeah and yeah yeah They have a great
1: lacrosse team And
2: I'm like How you guys doing They're like fine And I think there's no sale coming you know And dude looks totally bored And the girl's buying all these records Okay And uh Okay, she's the record guy, gr- record person. That's cool. And then uh, she turns to her dude and she's like, Oh, look, they got all the Rush records. Should I get these? He just groans, like, Oh, she's like, Well, you know, I have them all already, anyways. She was like this mega Rush fan. Wow. Who looked like How her,
1: old was this? How old would you say she was? Was 24? she 24? Holy mid-20s. shit. And she's in rush? There I you think go. what's
2: happened that guy's got to keep That going. documentary, Beyond the Light Stage, which you know, is phenomenal. Which is phenomenal. It runs on Netflix all the time. So people yep. are seeing that. They're getting to know them. They see they're not these, you know, we were listening to them. They're just these serious guys. We didn't know how funny they were. They've been in movies like I Love that You Man, true. where they're kind of oh, the right. guys really in a rush, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trailer Park Boys. They've been in more like I love different you, cultural man. things. So maybe you. there's different people that come to them differently than we did.
1: Wow, you know, wow, we're old when we talk like and that. And also huh? with young
2: kids, you know, under the record store, uh, my demographics are still mostly I, mean, I saw all ages, but I have a lot of you know 18 to 25 year olds it's still. Sure. The thing, and a lot of kids are new in their vinyl records. They don't
0: have Rush. They don't. They have, want to gravitate
2: yeah. towards classic. Iconic rock. Yeah. And Rush makes sense. They ended up buying Rush records. And there's probably no stigma. Like I said, growing up, Rush is like, you know, for Dungeons and Dragons kids or the Stoner kids or just, you know, they weren't like. I was B. There's no love songs. <laughs> <laughs> they have no love songs. They have no Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> they rarely have uh, choruses. Like, look at this record. Oh, I know. Tom and-
1: Sawyer kind of has a chorus. Well, Tom Sawyer kind of starts off with that. Which is, and I've and I've heard Alex talk about that. How it's just schematically, it's it's a different song, right? But it's you look, a different look at whole song. whole catalog. How many songs
2: close to the heart, speed radio? Where not very many have a where yes verse chorus structure. verse structure. chorus structure. You look You're at right. these like camera. Which are like this is like a whole story laid out. You know, Necromancer, all kinds of things. I mean, they're not like they're not easy to sing along to.
1: No, no, they're not. And don't forget, vinyl analysis is fueled by Grand Prix carding. Now, Greg, riddle me this, Batman. (laughs) Riddle me this. (laughs) clued in, the escape room. All right? Three different escape rooms. Columbus's only third generation escape rooms. Next gen experience. There's some cool stuff in here. You've got Pandemic, which is almost like, think Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. Red Scare, think Cold War and the Americans. I like her. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah do. Felicity? Oh no. Okay, come on. Is that, on. Right? Is that no, right? Yes, it is yeah. Felicity. But let's just stick <laughs> with Grand Prix carding right now, and then we'll talk about Felicity and, right. and really some of the the best hair in show business. Oh yeah. Uh, but so anyway, you've got this: a sixty minute to uh, solve twenty to thirty puzzles, a uh, non linear design, and, and remember, it's it's kind of like a real life video game, but you're not actually locked in a room. But I I find these fascinating, and I know plenty of people. That dig solving yeah. physical puzzles like this. I
0: did one uh How with, did you do? with my buddies. I did terrible. Okay. I did terrible. I was with a crew of like twelve of us, and luckily one one person had gone before and they, Well don't
1: eat they those did. edible gummies. Uh, no. That's, that's, that's what screwed you up. Well
0: I, I was I was drunk. I was like, this is gonna be fun. <laughs> Let's pound some beers and do it. These are cool, <laughs> oh, but they take I, some brain power. That's what I hear. It takes so brain power. Save the beers for afterwards, but these really, ones sounds the legit. And not drink. And, and then or, yeah, that's true yeah. then yeah. there's you gotta
1: make choices in life
0: but this the the ones at uh, Grand Prix Karting here sound legit
1: it is very very cool and and, and thanks to Chris Bowen and, and everyone over at Grand Prix Karting for for uh, your support of vinyl analysis from Lost Weekend Records Kyle Seacrest now Kyle 15 years if I if I've done my homework the story just turned 15
2: last January uh right? January 16th of 2003
1: been it's in my a, current spot for 14 years. What's it like to be a record store owner right now in this resurgence in vinyl? You know, it,
2: I got kind of lucky. I've always been a record person. Me know? too, man. Me too. I was even thinking over here, I, I had periods where I bought more CDs. My first record business job, I went to re- work for RCA Records in Atlanta. CDs are brand new, so getting promo CDs were right like gold, so it was a new thing. Yeah. But I never personally stopped buying vinyl. Never stopped. I never did either, brother. Only recently, I had to start learning to say vinyl instead of records. I still prefer to say records, but whatever. Um, so I opened my store in '03. I had some, seri- some different life-changing things happen. I was kind of a crossroads where I was like thinking about going to business myself. and I thought, well, though, I figured it'd always be a market for records. Like people like disc collectors and diehard people. You had no idea that I it was going to be like I didn't think the resurgence this. was coming. Right. I just believe that if they've been around for hundred years. Cool, man. They yeah. won't fully go away. I mean, they tried for years to kill it. You know, when I was in Sony at CBS, like we started doing less and less. We already did any vinyl, you know, and it was they wanted to make the CD to thing. But people thought, oh, and people liked the packaging, the artwork, the whole physicality of it. So I just opened a record store because I liked doing it. I thought, well, what I got to lose, I'll try it out. And then I'd say about 05, is when it really started coming back more and more. And now, like, it's the only only uh, physical medium with growth. And, and, and yeah. tell me if it's Although fake it's news. It's still pretty minimal tell, well, compared to. Tell
1: me if it's fake news. Did. Vinyl, actually, in 2017, outsell digital or no? As long as I've been in a business,
2: it's been a big jump. Yeah. 10, 15, okay. 20. Yeah, 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 It seems yeah. to be like 20, 30% every year from I the previous have year. this article. But physical stuff, right. records, <clears throat> is like less than, maybe 10% now. It's usually less than that of all. Downloading say, is still yeah. the biggest thing. And your Spotify's and all that. I mean, right. it's a different world. But vinyl is definitely... You know, when, when a new band comes out now and presses a new record, they'll do fifty thousand or something. Nobody's gonna ever sell volume. Okay, here we, sure here we go. Here we go. Here
1: we go. Now, this is—I knew I saw this today. Okay. And I was excited because, because I knew Kyle was coming in, and this comes from Loudwire.com. It says vinyl to the rescue. Physical albums outsold digital music in 2017. Well, uh, that's got to. If be... it outsold
2: it, they might mean people paying for download versus streaming. Because a lot of people now do Spotify or just stream, right? Okay, so fair enough. Right. So okay. maybe okay. that's the case okay. that less people, if they are going to pony up the money. You'd rather buy the record buy the... Because I that saw that. I true. saw that
1: and I was like, and I thought the same thing you guys were thinking. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of bullshit.
2: Yeah. Well, and here's the thing too. I say streaming services now and, and all that. There are people just... Go that
0: route okay a lot of and you guys both know this when you buy the new records they come with a digital download coupon. coupons yeah what about 90 percent of the time a lot of the newer ones do i'd say
2: most brand new records yeah, yeah. will have a download code if it's a reissue probably not like i think rush did give you download codes you buy stones or Beatles, you're not getting it sure they're making you pay for everything <laughs> <laughs> and gene simmons will probably
1: do the same too yeah kids yeah. doesn't let's, give you anything for free if gene's not giving you shit kids all right so kyle Record store day. Something else I, I want to get before we, before we before cut you loose. So April 21st. When did that really, really take off? It seems social media-wise in the last four or five years. I see a lot of my well, friends about this is posting the 11th
2: about- record store day. Okay. My stores participate every year since day one. Okay. The first year, which would be 11 years five, ago. Yeah, yeah six, God, six, that's, why married, that's why I married an accountant. There weren't very many re- special releases, maybe 20, 30 releases. We did a big sale. Nobody lined up earlier or anything. Okay. The next year, they might have went to thirty forty release. The third year was the first year that um, this girl Toby worked at my store, and she came in like an hour before we opened. She got there, she wanted to smoke a cigarette. She said, "Hey, there's people out there. What? And there was like a line forming." I'm like, "Oh, wow, a line." But then the next year after that, people started coming to like three in the morning, midnight. I have people last year came at eight p.m. And they late. camp
1: out, don't they? They bro? camped out for
2: twelve hours. Now I don't really encourage that because I live in the building. It's kind of weird when. You know you're in an apartment trying to sleep, and there's people <laughs> literally camping out in your home, waiting right. to get into your basement. Waiting to get in your ba- <laughs> 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 Waiting to get the.
1: But, but uh, now the artists are on board, right? So now well, they no, do record, different things,
2: right? But Record Store Day, the original purpose was to get people to support brick-and-mortar physical stores. And it's done that since day one. It's created awareness. Awesome. For me, the big moment was, I think, it was the fifth Record Store Day when SNL had a joke on the weekend update about Record Store Day. I'm like, now they made it. You know, mm-hmm. you've, being, arrived, you've, you've arrived, arrived. Record Store <laughs> Day has it, arrived Record Day has a joke on SNL News you know the right. same day it happened uh, but it gets crazy this year there's like over 400 special releases it's almost too much I kind of okay. wish they'd scale back a bit because as a store you know I know my customers I know kind of what to order but you kind of want to get everything because you want to get new people that have never came there before so you want to make sure they're happy so it's definitely scary because you order so much it, stuff it
1: seems like for me you know the the 80s metal guy it's not, there's only a couple. It, it's not enough to get me out. What I like to do is come later in the week well, yeah, after we'll, everybody's gone through it. Because it we'll, seems like it's more of a hip thing. It's more, well, what are the black keys? What's Jack White doing? Y- you know what I mean? It seems like it's more that than it is for guys that well, are 46. just different people,
2: just like my customers in general. Different people are into different stuff. Right.
1: There are people who want to camp
2: out and get that rare whatever it is. Like this year, the live David Bowie is probably one of the hottest things. I'm sure people are going to camp out for that. Some of the Cure records. Gotcha. Uh, the Fish record is always big. But we do a big sale for four days. We start on the Friday and go through the Monday. We make a four-day sale. So some people don't want to deal with the craziness and come just do the savings. We do thirty-three percent off used LPs, forty-five percent off used forty-five. See seventy-eight for seventy-eight cents. See the theme there. I got you. Ten percent off new stuff and twenty percent off everything else. (laughs) How much off VHS?
0: Well, sorry, I'm sorry. they'd
2: be in the everything else category, so 20% <laughs> off. So the dollar VHS would be 80 cents. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going back to your
1: 80s room anyway, so but, uh, know that. So
2: we have the sale, and then we give out, we go pretty big. We have swag bags made up for the first 200 people where all the red companies give us cool stuff to throw in there. Uh, we've had Promo West for like the last four or five years sets up a tent in our parking lot. With their registering giveaway tickets and stuff. oh cool, uh, man. Allison Rose does those T-shirts, like I just gave you guys. Thank you. By the um, way,
0: they screen shirts in the parking lot. You can watch them do it. I've done that before. Mm-hmm. I've been. I got the one that says uh, "Every Day is Record Store right. Day" Which with the skeleton, is. Yeah. yeah, with the, the hands, hands. The yeah, skeletons. yeah. I've done. Had... I've, I've done a couple of years at your your cool. joint, and
1: Kyle. We're huge fans of yours, yeah, and so we're, we're we're glad to get you in here. And we talked about Rush, yeah. right? Didn't did we Rush, enough? Yeah. I thought we did enough. Don't you yeah. think? We also yeah. have one
2: more plug for Record Store oh, Day. Oh yeah, please do keep it going. We do a big r- raffle the whole weekend with a bunch of prizes, and we're giving away tickets to Nelsonville, the entire festival, mm-hmm. whole, all three days. We've got tickets for Bunbury on the Saturday. We've got Courtney Barnett tickets for the Newport Show. Uh, we're putting out a record by a band called Camato. We have a small record label with our store. We try to put out a record every year. That's
1: badass. Camato
2: is uh, Nate Farley. He's been Guided by Voices, uh, side project, a new project of his, and Nate plays on, on my record, too. Love Guided and, uh, by Voices, buddy. And uh, we're giving away a test pressing with that. So we have like eight or nine cool prizes. And you can just come in any time over the four days to sign up for that. So it's not just the crazy releases. We try to make sure that people have a good time. If you want to come late in the day and don't want to be there wall-to-wall with people.
0: Wow.
1: That's uh... – yes, go ahead, Greg. I know you're what's –
0: What's your one tip what, you know, for consumers? Be in the record store day – Cash is store. king. Cash is king. We always king. have a
1: cash-only line that
2: moves faster than the credit card line. Yeah. You have a separate that's right. right. That's, <laughs> true. that's, true. that's Only, that's only on
0: register day we have a
2: second. Well, cash is always king, but uh, we do do a second register for. But the...
0: what about like trying to find that your, that one thing you're looking for? You know, is there a secret to it, or you just get in line and, and, try, your luck, and try your luck, man? Try your luck. I mean, yeah, I do feel they make things too limited.
2: You know, I don't think anything should be pressed less than three or four thousand. Because there's probably how many... There's got to be close to 1,000 stores now participate in Record Store Day, right? So if you do 3,000 of a record and everybody wants 10 or 15 of them, you only get two or three. Like the Neil Young this year, are doing 9,000. That's a pretty big number. But some things, you do like 500 copies. So some stores will not even get it. Mm-hmm. But that's just too...
1: Because I don't want people disappointed. I hate to have someone camping out and not get something. And and there are people like myself, like I said, who let it rest for a couple days and then go in. And then I like... Because I don't want to... When well, people know was, are camping out. Stuff. If you camp out, you win. I, I I can't I can't do that. And those people anymore. should. I mean, <laughs> I used to camp out for tickets back in the day. Yeah, I did too, man. We, I did
2: too. I think like last year, these two kids. Midnight was the earliest people were coming. Right. And last year we were setting up. We always get set up in the store the night before. So we'd kind of got the parking lot laid out with the tents and everything. Right. The footprint. We're in the store. It's about seven fifty. Scott's like, I think I hear someone set up outside. I Go what? And we looked and there was this guy and this girl set up lawn chairs at eight p.m. All they wanted was a David Bowie record and a Cure record. <laughs> and it rained. They camped out for 12 hours. They went down and got a pizza. i went out and, <laughs> and talk to them because you want to make sure they're... Right. You, I, I mean, got a couple you, regulars that I know come like at midnight. And I've given them my cell phone number in case there's a problem. I don't want any fights or craziness out. I don't want them to call me, but there's a problem in the line. You know, let me know. Holy shit, So Someone just sets these people out and they're like, yeah, we've never done this. This would be cool. And I thought, well, you know, when I was their age, I'd camp out for, you know, for rush tickets oh, well, hey, field or whatever, how, in
1: 1988, second row, Charleston, West Virginia, Metallica. How the hell do you think I got those? Those yeah, just weren't yeah. gifted to me. So I feel, you know, if you want to, if you want to put the time in, you should get it. Yeah, uh, Kyle. <laughs> Wait, you know I got, I got yes. one oh my last God! I know, I'm got, trying to
2: wrap, wrap know, this. My last tip about record store. <laughs> he's just go have fun, though. If you, don't worry about only getting one thing, just go have fun. He's
0: geeking
1: it. out. He is so ex- he was so excited. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like he's like, what time? time's Kyle getting in? I'm, go ahead, right, okay, go go ahead, and finish it up. Finish it. This has up. nothing
0: to do with the record store day. And maybe I don't know if you can wrap this up quickly. You're the only person I've ever met who has met Bob Dylan. That's you, you've got two, mi- you've got two minutes. You've got two minutes to tell us about that. Go for it. Go for it. Just
1: yeah. Tell yeah. Good job, Greg. That's a good question. Well, Bob Dylan actually hey, like one of my favorites,
2: and he's, he's one of your hero. favorites. He got the Beatles high, man. And uh, when I went to work for Sony in 1989, I had two goals. I want to meet Bob Dylan, and I want to get a gold record. Those are my record. My fair enough. My goals. I probably should have better goals because when I achieved them, I left. <laughs> I should have like, I want to get a better job. <laughs> right, 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 right. But uh, so when I went there. We did O oh mercy. was the first record that came out when I yeah, went there, yeah. and we did. Good as I've been to you, or no, no, red sky. But like Bob was not doing meeting greets. He was. This is between
1: you two. You two just have not your moment not here.
2: Meet people at all, and then when he did "Good as I've Been to You," that acoustic record, right? I was in New York for what well, we do, CMJ, which used to be what South by Southwest, Southwest Journal, is now. CMJ deal. used yeah, to be absolutely, and. Uh, we have a little Sony convention a couple of days prior. We are meeting different Sony people. And I met the guy who was Bob Dylan's product manager. Product manager is a guy at the label who just works with like one artist. So like, you know, Bob says, I want to do this. They go to label say, Bob wants to do this. The label says, no, let's do this. It's cheaper. And they go to Bob, you know,
0: he's, sure. he's, he's the, the like middle one, man. He's the he works man. like
2: one artist or two, not the whole roster. Right. So Bob was coming to Cincinnati a couple of weeks later. So as soon as that meeting was over, I said, look, I, I heard Bob might do some meeting greets, you know, with college reps. because He was only meeting college people. So being a low man on a totem, I was a college rep, said alternative music and stuff like that, college radio stations. And uh, it was the weirdest because you've done lots of backstage stuff. Typically, a meet and greet, I'd have a name of a road manager. I'd flash some business cards and get some passes. (laughs) Not with Bob Dylan. I had to call in the names in advance of everybody I was taking backstage. I took this guy Marty that worked at Singing Dogs. I took a guy Randy that worked at Camelot and a friend of Marty's. There's four of us. Camelot. I was not allowed (laughs) to take it. No offense, but they didn't want any radio. No radio. He only wanted retail people, and he only wanted college reps. So Other people at Sony couldn't meet him. But the weird thing, I worked at my home in Columbus. Our branch was in Cleveland and in New York. No one at the Cleveland branch was even into Bob Dylan. I went to see Bob Dylan so many times, and no one even would care about Bob Dylan. Well, I know guys who don't that,
1: give a shit about Kiss, but go one ahead. Well, at that <laughs> time of his
2: career, like... <laughs> oh, Bob's great.
1: Yeah. So Oh, this is good, Greg. Are you happy? So, so I was like,
2: so we set it up. And he's and it was actually the day Bill Clinton got elected the first term ninety two. All right. So the deal was we had to be there at six o'clock after sound check. But Bob doesn't do his own sound check; his band does it. And uh, we're gonna do the meet and greet beforehand. So we get there and I'm all nervous because I've you've met your, a lot of famous people and I've met tons of famous people. But he was my guy. Sure. And he can also be kind of he's a weird cat. He's a weird cat. Yeah, and he can man. not always be friendly. I'm like, what if I meet my hero and he's not he's cool? A dick. <laughs> right. What if I don't meet him? And he, you know, that's what I'd be worried about. So. We get there early, and then uh, we met this guy, Jeff Kramer, was his I think he still is, his tour manager. And uh, he, uh, he's like, well, Bob stayed back at the hotel. He's watching lecture turns. Do you mind doing this after the show? I'm oh, like, what can I say? I can't cute. say, no, get him here now. So he's like, okay, we'll do that show. So that whole show, I just want to fast forward through it. You know, I just wanted to get to the thing. And, and Jeff's like, well, when the encores start, meet me over this door, and I'll take you back. We'll get ready. And I'm still like, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Encore start. We go back to this Jeff. He lets us in the side. We're kind of watching from the wings, you know. Then he put us in this room. I'm Get your
0: like, hands out of your pants, Greg. Like, Get your hands out of your
2: pants, Greg. It's really not that great a story because there's only a few <laughs> minutes. But so my friends are waiting and they're like, what's going on? I'm like, I don't know. And then I look, the music stopped. We're off in the side room now. And my friend's like, what's going on? So I don't know. And I open the door and then Bob's like walking right towards our. He's already got the hood up, you know. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. He comes in the room and he's like, you caught from Sony? I'm like, yeah. And these are my friends. and. He um, said your name. Oh, well, he got it from Jeff. Well,
0: who gives he a shit, he Kyle? That's the Sony my job. Sony. That's awesome. We were
2: his employer. Okay, fair enough. You work for him. Not me directly, but I, he worked, I, I, he I'm for picking us. up what you're throwing down. <laughs> um, so we talked for a few minutes um, about the new record. He was actually super cool. He was very personal. He's in a great mood. I mean, Clinton just won. We just ended. Sure. Yeah. Twelve years of Reagan and Bush. You know, so it was an exciting time to change. I think Bob was into that. So. uh
1: the times are changing. The times
2: are yeah, changing. Fair yeah. enough. But he was very cordial. He was very up. friendly. And then uh, Tony Garnier, who plays Bateson, came in. He would left. He was like, you know,
1: took oh. him out of there.
0: Did, I mean, what was like the one question? You He's your hero. Did you have like some question you always wanted to ask him? Did you Were you able to blurt it out? Know. Well, I did have a joint role because I wanted
2: to smoke it with him. This <laughs> is my party oh.
0: <laughs> But that didn't happen. But as soon as I met him, then I,
2: then we did that in the parking lot. We we'll talked about Hey, we just met Bob Dylan. <laughs> I had him sign a copy of Tarantula, that book. Um... But uh, he wasn't very tall, uh, but he was very cordial. He was
1: very nice. Klaus from the Scorpions. He sh- he's he's short too. You're I'm sorry. I just want to be involved in this conversation. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Most of you guys are talking yeah. about Bob Dylan. I the understand Scorpions, that. I'm, I'm trying
1: to, but I'm glad, trying I to come into yeah, yeah. your
2: world. <laughs> and
1: it's tough with my battle yeah. vest on. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, so awesome. specifics of camera, cool. but it was no, great. No, that's great. That's great. It was awesome. great. I'm glad I did it. Yeah, I did, you know, for sure. That's the one time it happened. And then about a year later, I got a platinum record for Pearl Jam 10, and then I quit. So I kind of got my two goals.
1: <laughs> Drop the <laughs> light, Kyle. circle. I
2: go,
0: well, I
1: got my goals. I'm cool. out. But... That is awesome. Lost Weekend uh, Records, Kyle Segres. Kyle, thank you so much. Thanks, We're going to do it, it was really again. Fun. And, and I promise we will do a Rolling Stones record. Maybe even a Replacements, now that I know. Oh, I'll do replacements? Sure. Fuck yeah. Kyle, thank you so much, my man. For producer Greg Hansberry, I'm Arch Madness, and this has been Vinyl Analysis. Stay frosted. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Diane saw your song.